Hello, and welcome into a new episode of Scarves Up, coming to you live. I am Nathaniel Maymoudis, the host of the podcast. So much to get to. So much has happened since we last talked. It's time for me to bring in my co-host, Dave Maymoudis. Hello, everyone. When was it we last talked? We last talked before the Sounders game against uh, the Portland Timbers in the U.S. Open Cup. That before was a long time ago. the MLS break, very, very long time ago. Unfortunately, and, I still remember what happened in that game. Yep, and uh, we're trying to forget. But let's, we're going to go over the big things that happened uh, since then um, in the world of soccer, not just with the Sounders um, giving our thoughts on what happened. Uh, we're going to start with some, with some that happened with a game that happened the day before the Timbers game, um, but was after uh, we podcasted last. The USA uh, beating Thailand 13-0. I want to hear your thoughts on the celebrations that followed uh, this thrashing. I mean, obviously, it's embarrassing. You know, I've seen a lot of youth games where you're kind of rooting for the team that's had 10 goals against them to score once. Um, But, you know, these are all professionals. They're all adults. So I think it makes sense to celebrate. You're at the World Cup. You've scored. You're excited, even if it's your fifth goal, even if your team is up 9-0. to I think celebrating is reasonable. And I think, you know, everyone who just wants people to be polite and calm about it. You know, I don't know. What do you want the U.S. to do? If you celebrate by politely sipping a cup of tea, you're going to get yelled at also. So I think I, there's there's no making the critics happy. I'm not impressed uh, with people who say that running up the score like the U.S. did is disgraceful. This is the World Cup. Everyone wants to score at the World Cup. It's why there isn't, when, when there's clinical positions, uh, or times in a match where someone could pass, but instead they're trying to shoot. Um, right. If you saw that a lot in the final. We'll the get al- to that in a The run. alternative, if the U.S. Everyone said, wants to score. you know, we can't score until all 11 players have touched it, you know, or something like that that you might do in a youth practice is a little silly. For people like Megan Rapinoe, it's a little lame. I mean, what? She's been at three World Cups. You've, you've scored plenty World Cup goals. So doing a long run over to this sideline and getting uh, jumped on by the substitute is a little much. But everyone wants to score at the World Cup. And uh, U.S. made a big statement with this um, with, with this win. Uh, and for the Women's World Cup, uh, the standard... Um, maybe this is maybe it's just another example that may at this point 
expanding when they decided to expand the World Cup uh, from 16 to 24 teams uh, in 2015. That's when they did that. Um, it was that the right decision? Uh, right, and obviously them? we had that same question with the Gold Cup. You know, some of the teams in there uh, not at the standard of the big teams. So, you know, anyway, there's no, no one right answer, I think, that you have to let the athletes be athletes. You, They've trained hard to get to this point. Anytime you score a goal, you're excited. U.S. Open Cup, first time for us in Tacoma. Uh, well, at Cheney Stadium, Sounders falling 2-1 to the Timbers. The Timbers' new newest signing, um, Fernandez, getting both goals. Um, Victor Rodriguez getting a free kick. Sounders with lots of chances. Knew who had a great chance, which could have forced extra time. Um, Would have been nice to see a few more of the same Sounders starters. You know, I don't know why the Open Cup is being played during that international break. Though we did pretty much play our strongest team of people who were there for this game. And, and the Timbers did too. Just the Timbers. Right. You can't say that Spencer was yeah. holding back. Just we were missing a, an awful lot of players. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the Sounders lose that game. But it's not the end of the world uh, at this point. Uh, that's the U.S. Open Cup games going on as we speak. Uh, right now, quarterfinals, or I believe, uh, we're rooting for the non-MOS teams. So moving on from there, we go into the long break Copa America Gold Cup, Women's World Cup. Let's tackle each competition quickly. We'll start with Copa America because we don't have that much to say on this. Nicolas Rodero um, had a great tournament. Uh, played most of the group stage games. Did not play um, in the game in which Peru, Ra Raul Radia's side, eliminated Uruguay. But Nicolas Rodero scored Uruguay's first goal against Ecuador which was one of the goals of the tournament. Absolutely great um, by him. Uh, Roy Radias helped, was in the shootout, but Luis Suarez, he missed, and that's why Uruguay uh, went out. Thoughts on Copa America? Wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it. Too much else going on. Uh, and... Uh, this is a competition. I mean, uh, all these games, none of those games on, uh, all, all on just ESPN Plus, none on. Uh, so, what do you think TV. of the idea, by the way, of the U.S. and Mexico uh, trying to take part in Copa America? You know, with the the sense that the Gold Cup is such a generally weak field, aside from those two top teams, do you think it would make more sense to make it a? Copa North and South America as opposed to a more South Go American Go back tournament? to Copa America Centenario. Uh, I think it would be better uh, um, and they could figure out how they're going to do qualifying for uh, the Confederations Cup. But having the Gold Cup which is um, a really stupid tournament. It's 
a, the quality of the games are low. For some reason, they have all the games in football stadiums. Well, they have most of the games in football stadiums that are never sold out. And um, what's well, up when Mexico's playing, since Mexico always has a lot of fans. But um, especially for a tournament where so many of the games are not good entertaining, uh, they should not have this tournament every two years. Like, so I know from your like, point of like view, it, every twenty-five years would be bad enough. But no, and I even no, no North America um, and South America. Um, I mean, Copa America is every four years. Euros is every four years. Having something opposite where it's just like the countries around you, I think, is good, and that's and, and that's um, and I and I like that. But uh, the Gold Cup. The quality is just so bad. Copa America was was very entertaining. Um, uh, Copa America Centenario, when they did that in 2016. Um, so I I think that 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 um, that would be good. Um, I don't see the Gold Cup really changing that much. They did expand the Gold Cup to, from 12 to 16. Made it a little better since third place teams didn't. Didn't qualify, but still, the Gold Cup format is stupid. And I guess now Mexico and U.S. will have to will play again in like the Concacaf Cup. This is the to other. To see who gets to go to the Confederation Cup. This is the other thing. If you win, it there shouldn't have to be this one playoff game for the two winners. If you win the North America, the North American Cup. That is your ticket in. Just like you just have to win the Euros to go to the Confederations Cup in Europe. You don't have to win the Euros and then beat the previous winner of the Euros to go to the competition. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, moving on to the the Cup. What what we did see on the field, Mexico pulling out the victory. U.S. with lots of chances. Uh, Altidore probably had the biggest chance in the final, really early in the game, to give the U.S. the lead. Completely uh, misses wide. Uh, just has to put it on frame, and it's a goal. It um, was a tough shot. He had some obstacles in front of him, but you'd like to see him do better. What did you think of the U.S. team, though, General? Um, I was sorry 70. to see Morris coming in for a lot of criticism. Uh, I did feel like... I thought Morris played very well for... Uh, well, you know, I mean, I think... Got two assists against Trinidad and Tobago. Sure, had chances the, in the, against in Mexico final, and Costa Rica. You know, you... There was, uh, not not you Costa know, Rica, Jamaica. In the final, you know, there were a lot of times he seemed to be sort of jogging around. I think you can get away with that if you take your chances when you get them. He was dangerous a couple had of times. Had one saved off the line in the final. Yep, had the good header. If that goes in, people probably think of him differently. Of course, he scored the winner um, against Jamaica, which puts us, the, which puts the U.S. into the Concacaf uh, Cup Confederations Cup playoff. Yeah, that that game. Yeah. Uh, so, so, he know, was always going to be with the team. Probably had a better tournament last time, but still not bad. And Christian Rodon um, didn't start. He well, he started the one game against Trinidad. Um, but mostly came off the bench. Um, now, 
But we gotta talk about my biggest complaint about the roster. Michael Bradley still in the lineup. They just need to get rid of him. Who do you see as the as the equivalent for him coming in? Other than Christian Rodon, perhaps. Christian Rodon, but then... Christian Rodon is the most like-for-like like substitution. However, then, I think mostly they just need to change the formation. Maybe it's more that we have, like, we're not playing a diamond midfield. It's more of a flat um, midfield. Um, and, of course, the complete U.S. team wasn't there, like DeAndre Yedlin. Um, I mean... Uh, he's he's having right. some he's having some stuff in there. So obviously the time to move on from Michael yeah. Bradley will come. I think you're you think it happened about two years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I even though he is still pretty young, I think of him as old national team. I think of him like Dempsey, and I want all those people to move on. Right. Somehow only at 31 years old, he does seem like he's slowed down a lot. And finally, before the Sounders resumed action, we found out about the All Star game. Uh, lineup. One sounder made it. It's kind of impressive that he's been that uh, this is the third time that he's had the chance to make the All Star game, and it's only right now that he does. Nicholas Rodero is the only sounder representing um, us in Orlando on July 31st against Atletico Madrid. Now we've talked a lot. In the past about the All-Star Game and the format and how Atlanta spams the votes and Toronto spams the votes and how it should be East for West. But, Ladero making it, thoughts? Um, you know, obviously it gives them a chance to step out of Clint Dempsey's shadow and sort of be recognized as one of the biggest stars on the, uh, on the Sounders. Maybe next year, Christian Roldan and Jordan Morris will again, you know, get more of the press for being on the national team. But for now, it's nice to see him get the recognition he's due because he's obviously doing a lot of great things for the Sounders. Pretty stereotypical lineup that we could have we we could have guessed most of it. It's it's all the stars: Schweinsteiger, Vea, Rooney, uh, Zlatan. Um, uh, you know, Diego it's... Chara makes his first MLS All Star appearance, which it feels like he's been there many times before. Um, so that's crazy. So that seems. Uh, a little crazy, but but I think that's well deserved for him. Is Two, there I a don't special in... slot for the person with the most fouls. Uh, uh, no, that was a coach. He was he was picked by, uh, by the coach. It would coach be interesting there. if they did league leaders in all sorts of statistical categories. Yeah, and it, most yellow cards, it most really, goals, it, most assists. I, I wish it was like the NBA, um, where they they could pick like two, two. Uh, they pick. They have two. Um, players like um, uh, who who would it be? Like it, it would be, um, it could be like um, Zlatan and Nani, and they pick they pick teams of eleven. That would be interesting. And I'm a little scared of who Zlatan might pick. I I'm a little scared too, but that would be more. But I feel like it would be more different from year to year. It would so be better, and 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 probably they. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of who would be a good. A, a good um, rival team that that fits into the, who who'd fit. In. It could be like Michael Bradley and I mean Clint Dempsey didn't retire. They could totally do Clint Dempsey. Um, 
Or, what if that? They do Clint Dempsey versus Landon Donovan. And they just pick the teams. That would be funny. And I would... And everyone knows who I would be rooting for. Um, but Not a difficult the, choice for most Sounders Two fans. picks. I've talked about how Braggazon doesn't deserve it. But Nick Romano makes the All-Star game. Picked by Don Garber. It's in his he contract. says he's going to retire. As long as he can walk, he's in the All-Star game. I'm not impressed. Okay. Some, some short, some short, moving on. Some other short tidbits. Wayne Rooney uh, scoring probably the best goal um, in MOS uh, since yeah. we've been gone uh, yeah. from, from past. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see you do that someday. I can't kick the ball that far. It's true. You know, good vision. Uh, Does it, it compare to Danny Levis' goal? And the it's true. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and then also, um, and then speaking of stars like Rooney, uh, Zlatan uh, getting made fun of because of because uh, uh, of a spelling error on his jersey, uh, the mixing up the R and the B. Ear, ear by Imavich. Which, especially with his ego, just makes this about a hundred times would have been greater. If it was like Zoltan or something. Yeah, Latans. but he wouldn't that. But he doesn't put Zlatan on the back of his jersey. Okay, moving into the Sounders games that happened, we would turn um, back to Seattle uh, to take on Vancouver, another Cascadia team. Sounders winning this game 1-0. Doing well with the depleted lineup. um, Justin Dillon uh, signed because uh, uh, that was a a big story. Will Bruin goes out with ACL injury during practice. Um, So they signed Justin Dillon, who's been playing with the Defiance, originally in LA Galaxy 2. uh, of USO and homegrown player, um, and I've been very impressed with him. Again, we've done well uh, up top. Uh, Danny Lavea uh, starts this game and thought he had his first ever MLS goal. Pro even said it should have stand, but it gets overturned by VAR, so it's dis and disallowed in the end. But I mean. Pro said this wasn't a foul. We both thought it wasn't a foul, and um, we're so not impressed with that. I wasn't sure about the rules in the sense of if there's a 50-50 collision with the keeper and the keeper is just knocked down, it does seem a little unfair to go on and score after that. Now, so the question is, you know, in, in what circumstances should the referee hold the ball if the keeper has has been in a collision? Uh I don't think this is unfair. I don't think it's it, it's it's definitely not unfair when if you're pretending to be injured, um, if you're pretending to be injured or pretending you stepped on and the ref doesn't sure. buy it. Right, but I mean, I don't think he was pretending to be stepped on. I think he really got stepped on. He did get stepped on, but it was it a probably, fair ball. Sure, it wasn't a foul. But the question is, at what point do you stop play? 
And I think maybe that's you a question. You can't step the play. Was the ball cleared out far enough that it was that it was not dangerous? Now, obviously, Levea gets the ball and takes a shot from 35 yards out. Yeah, it was clearly a way. It wasn't dangerous. Is it, it was definitely not dangerous. And it wasn't a head injury. You could tell something happened, but it wasn't going to be something that was immediate. So you play on here. And, I mean, if... If he actually did end up doing something that wasn't very noticeable, but something he would recover from, um, and like had to be taken off the game, yeah, that sucks. But that's just soccer, and it was a fair tackle. Goes to the stand anyway. Kevin Neerdom continues to be like um, super high on our goal scorer, goal scoring list. Scores late, um, past McMath who got booed for the rest of the game. I'm out of that. I mean, it, just watching this game um, on on the television, uh, so it was, was loud. It was a hostile environment. Um, it was great all that the, the Sounders were, were able to take the points without in that controversial. Uh, not all the seats were open. That controversial score, controversial call didn't end up affecting the outcome of the game. Uh, Sounders getting three points there. Big. Um, Three points. Um, Sounder, then Sounders go midweek to play New York City FC. They have sp- the series uh, split. Both teams have won once at home, once on the road. Fifth meeting. Uh, Sounders had chances. Sounders had scored first. Justin didn't thought he had his first uh, uh, MLS goal, but he, he, back just he was offsides. And uh, New York City, they made their own luck and uh, got three three goals. Um, um, VAR, they go to VAR to investigate a possible penalty. The NYC, uh, the NYC FC commentators really thought it was a penalty, and they thought it thought it should have been a red card, which is definitely not a red card because. By the new laws of the games, um, it, can, it that could well, not be a red if it's card. Well, if you're not playing the ball and there's a dog so situation in the box, it can be a red card and a anyway. penalty. Um, but I was happy this was not given as a penalty. Um, it, it's, it's, um, it's something that you do see called as penalty sometimes. But right, it but shouldn't be relatively mi- minimal contact but it's lame. with the arm. But we yeah. lame but penalty. Overall, the Sounders just failed to get any luck of their own, and then sort of lost steam at the end of the goal, end of the game, let in a few goals. Sounders starting to get people back at this point. Of course, uh, Torres played in this game. Yeah, Torres played in the um, that game. Then he come. He would come in. Uh, and play in Columbus as well. And in this game, Alcampo Chavez got his first uh, start of them. Didn't really do much. Had one attempt um, where he was one-on-one and uh, hit it hard. Did it about as best as you would expect him to do. Would have been better if he scored. Uh, but not terrible. Two penalties called by Chris Penzo. Um, he's one of my he's one of my favorite refs. Um, I was impressed with him. 
Both of these are penalties. You um, both penalties, yeah. The the one that can, that the crew got, um, it's unfortunate, but it's a penalty. That Leva gets him, and then later, um, just completely wrapped up with Ladero. Ladero goes down, penalty, one one. And then late, no one's covering Ladero back. Post in nothing that Bendik can do, and Sounders win two one. Second time. Uh, two weekends in a row that the Sounders get goals in stoppage time and get three points. So even though it's been this long, Sounders have remained in um, uh, third place in the West, which is still... Yeah, um, even after a tough stretch yeah. of road games with missing three-quarters of their starting 11. So now the entire team should be available uh, for the Sounders' next game, which is at home. It's a, uh, it's a game on national television um, against the reigning MLS Cup champions, Atlanta. And where are they in the East now? Are they on top? And Atlanta is not in uh, on top. In the, they're, they're also in third, uh, and they have played the same number of games that we have and they have two points less they have uh, lost one more game oh, they've lost two more games than we have uh, so the Sounders still undefeated on, at home uh, and Atlanta hasn't had a great road record this time so you'd think we'd have the advantage coming into CenturyLink uh, but they are a tough team um, should be good though to have uh Raul ideas uh, coming back uh, in the lineup. What do you expect our lineup to look like? In the Columbus Crew game, Orega and Torres started. Kihi was on the bench. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what shape. Uh, I think he is still the first choice center back if he's healthy. Really, even though uh, it seems... Seems like Orega. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how much this really works. It seemed like Orega and Torres would have an easier time playing together, because of um, there's no language difference there. That I could be a consideration. Uh, but I don't really know. I expect um, Brad Smith. Uh, Brad Smith did not. Or did no? He did start the game in Columbus. Um, so you expect you'll see him and Lee. Brad, Brad Smith and Neerdam continue. Um, Rodon will come in, play Nets to Svensson. Um, we'll see Ladero back. We'll see Ladero. Well, the, yeah, Morris Ladero also. was in Columbus. Um, Morris. Um, Rodriguez. They'll put Rodriguez. And uh, Rodriguez, he's been a little off recently, but do you think. They play him, or do you think they go Bonner or they go Jones? I think Rodriguez is still the first choice if he's healthy. I agree. Score prediction for this game. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 Sounders as we get all our attacking elements back on the field. I'm going to say 4-2 Sounders. Oh, sounds like an exciting game. Yeah, I'm excited for this game. Um both times these games were tied 0-0 in uh, when they first played 1-1 last year. Um, I think we're going to get the first win, though, this year. Of course, Ananta just had coming off a 
um, a game against New York against uh, the New York Red Bulls. Um, uh, a wide game tying 3-3, giving up a late equalizer. Well, well, they took the lead late in the game, and then a minute later they gave up the equalizer. Um, uh, so, not playing the best is what they could do, but still playing very good. Uh, just looking at other stuff in the standings, Portland, they're still sitting in ninth, but they're playing very, very well right now. Um, Fernandez has really helped in the power rankings. They're in third, and the Sounders are in um, Sounders are in like eighth right now, just because we had that slow. And the Timbers obviously have an losses. advantage that they and, and they have a lot of yeah, home their games stadium, coming up. A lot up. of home games coming up. Uh, definitely did not um, make us feel well that they went into um, NYCFC. Uh, at Yankee Stadium and won one to zero, um, not not fun to see. But what is fun to see is right now we're at the top of the Cascadia. Uh, we are at the top of the Cascadia Cup race, and uh, we'll be seeing the Timbers soon. They after we play Atlanta, uh, it's a friendly against. Uh, Dortmund on Wednesday, and then it's the Timbers for the first Portland-Seattle matchup of the 2019 season. Um, regular MLS season. Matchup, yes. MLS, yes. Um, if you that. Before we go, um, there is one more signing that I don't think we mentioned um, today. Sounders signing a new keeper today for the friendly uh, uh, for the friendly against uh Dortmund, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, but the little eight-year-old, uh, little eight-year-old keeper, um, signed to the first team, um, sort of a, another make-a-wish, um, okay. player like, um, Xander Bailey from a couple of years ago. Do you think the um, do you think, uh, when, when Xander Bailey, when they did this last time for him, they, he like started and then they gave him a shot on goal. Do you think they will start? They'll put um, they'll put him in goal and uh, allow him a shot. Maybe they'll uh, just put him in if there's a penalty kick shootout at the end. Uh, I, I bet they they maybe they'll they'll uh, they'll put one shot at the end or they'll bring him in for. Um, he can defend during the crossbar challenge. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that. Anyway, very sweet. Uh, uh, you're heading back uh, t uh, to Seattle, so you might be in, in in town for some of these games. But uh, whether uh, w when you're there and when I am here on the East Coast, we will both be keeping our scarves up. <laughs>